Hey guys, and welcome to episode 320 of The Startup Diary, brought to you by the MBS Network. MBS Network or on MBS FM? Because I listened to Relay and I quite liked their intro. Yeah. Brought to you by MBS FM. Welcome to The Startup Diary, brought to you by MBS FM. I'm Harrison Mose. I'd say MBS FM, the No Bullshit Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to episode three, two, zero. <laughs> Come on, the No Bullshit <coughs> Network. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 320 of The Startup Diary, brought to you by the NBS FM Network. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by NBS FM. The No Bullshit Podcast Network. NBS FM. <coughs> Hey guys, and welcome to episode 320 of The Startup Diary, brought to you by MBSFM, the No Bullshit Network. I am Harrison Mudge, and I am with my co-host, Adam Callow. Hey guys, thanks for joining us, and if this is your first time here, this is where me and Harry jump on the mics and share what it's truly like to build a startup. We've raised money, we make mistakes, and today, it's not actually about us straight off the bat, is it, H? We've got... It's not. It is, I'd say, part two in this series of smack my pitch up uh, so we had tim buick on the uh, on a zoom call not too long ago pitched his business uh, street pin and then he went away he got some feedback from you as you heard on a previous show he went away hopefully refined it and that's what we're going to listen to now so uh but before we do i had a, I had a question i think i even asked it on the previous show um but one of the things i was struggling with was this is like a this is like a location community based thing, um, but I feel like that's kind of that box is kind of already checked with Facebook. So one of the things I still trying to wrap my head around is why not just use Facebook? Because obviously groups is a big thing now. People do lo- like my estate that I live on has a community Facebook group. Why don't people just put it on there? Yes, it was a really good point. And to be honest, yeah, when I listened back to the audio, you did ask that question, and. He actually obviously took that feedback on board. And mm. as you listen to this bit of tape from Tim, you can hear him tackle that in his in his pitch now, which I think is, I think just that little nugget itself is super important. So as everyone listens to this, um, this isn't just about Tim's pitch. It's really key for me, as, we, as the reason we're doing this show is one, to help Tim out. But as you, the listeners, listen to this podcast and you might have to pitch something in the future, have a listen at the bits where you perk up. Listen to the areas of Tim's pitch where you switch off. Mm. Uh, and it's really interesting as, as I listen back through this, my feedback the second time and the third time round would have been a lot different, would have been a lot more detailed. So I think as the listeners listen to the show right now is don't just listen to what he's saying. Try and pay attention to how you're feeling as you go through the pitch because there's points where you'll probably turn off. There's probably points where you go, I'm so confused right now. I don't know mm. what you're talking about. As you develop your own pitch, that's the stuff that you need to be aware of. So listen to the pitch, hear what he's got to say, but also work out how you're feeling. Anyway, let's just let's just get straight into it. Let's hit him. Great stuff. Um, Streetpin is the local community marketplace for independent retailers and services to in- instantly interact with shoppers and surrounding communities. It's simple and effective via our collaborative networked websites, helping anyone get online and start making the most of digital marketing. So meet Adam. Adam owns the local convenience store and he's recently created a pin board for Callow and Welcome. 
He displays the street pin, we're on board window sticker, and an eye-catching step-by-step step guide to pinboards next to the till. He regularly gets good deals from suppliers, so promotes his highest margin products on his pinboard for free. He also posts offers randomly throughout the week for 10 free coffees, which has seen a great rise in customers checking, checking in to get the deal. To expand his audience, Adam places offers on neighboring pinboards, such as the gym and the park. His promotion is a fraction of the price of advertising in the local circular or sending out leaflets, as he can chop and change his offers at any time he likes. For example, he used to hate disposals, but now he puts a variety of his sandwiches, fruit and flowers on offer every day at 3 p.m. He has 1,500 customers a week and is now engaging with many of them online as well, with relevant content like recipes, local events and the occasional cat gift. To meet Sarah, Sarah runs a local busy women's network group and has moved to a pinboard from her Facebook group so that she can control the advertising, collaborate with nearby businesses and get discovered locally. She's recruited members by chatting on various local community pinboards for free and seen massive benefits from plugging into a ready-made audience. At least 10 members have found her due to her physical proximity to another pinboard that they follow. Her £10 a month pinboard subscription is offset by the entrance fee of just two attendees a month. She is now regularly up from 20 to 30 a month, thanks to the local engagement of her pinboard. She reaches approximately 100 members daily to get the 30 attendees on the last Thursday event, and the 50% uplift has enabled her to start another group nearby, meeting on Wednesdays. So meet Harry. Harry is a proud gym bunny, and after seeing the promotion of their pinboard on, on the lockers, He's a regular contributor to the exercise focus group. He swaps training tips and has found two new training partners to motivate him through his goals. He'd never visited the gym's cafe, but since seeing the kale smoothie offer, he's now a regular customer, boosting the cafe's takings on a daily basis, especially when he creates a post with him and his smoothie and then shares it to Facebook and Twitter. The gym promotes all kinds of classes and last minute offers. And as Harry follows the gym pin board, he gets instant emails. So after a couple of half-price offers, it wasn't long before Harry was a die-hard member of Wednesday's Samba class. So the, the town. Kat is a digitally savvy girl about town who's glued to her phone with, with defaults of Instagram, Tinder, and the street pin town directory, which helps her get way, with, <coughs> excuse me, which helps her wages go further using local discounts. She and her friends like the convenience of online discovery and the experience of real-world shopping. She habitually pops into Callow and Welcome to pick up discounts for her dinner, is a member of the Busy Women community to further her fledgling web design business, and has vowed to start going to the gym, having received invaluable training tips from Harry by following the gym posts and funny banter. She also makes about £100 a week by bringing local retailers onto the street pin platform, which is a simple sale as, she's, as she already knows the owners, being a regular customer. And the new town. So James has grown a very successful online community with 20,000 engaged members, and he's becoming a local celebrity with his high-profile reviews, promotions, and introductions. He loves what he does, but it doesn't cover his costs, let alone his time. He decided to create a town directory of his own and applied to be a street pin partner. The 300 of his community create their own pin boards, which are still connected to James's mothership of advice and knowledge, and James brings in about £20,000 a year in recurring revenue. He's currently thinking about extending to three or four new towns nearby to run these communities full-time. So that was Tim's pitch of Streetpin, round two. Yep. What did you make of it? 
So two things is, well, I guess for context, everyone needs to go back and listen to round one just so they can see the improvement. So the whole idea about this process is it's really, really hard to pitch your business uh, because you're in the thick of it. Like you know everything that it does. So go back and listen to round one and then listen to round two and you can hear the feedback that was given and how he's applied it. One of the key bits of feedback was when you're pitching, you need to have a narrative. It can't just be a series of independent blocks of information. So we advised Tim to basically create a story of the types of people that would use this product and where they'd get value from. Mm. He did that and it, it made the whole process flow a lot easier. But I think still there's points when you listen to that back uh, and a number of times where he gives a persona and then the length of time he spends trying to explain the value it drives for that specific persona, you disengage to a point and you, you, you spend the next 30 seconds trying to work out, okay, so mm-hmm. he's a baker and where, where does he, where, sorry, what's the thing? And you start asking yourself these questions and you kind of miss the next 30 seconds mm-hmm. because you're in your own head. And I think as a, when it comes down to pitching practice, your job is to take people on a journey at the same rate that you're talking. So one, there's a pace thing. I think just slow it down because you know your stuff, whereas the person on the side of it is potentially hearing it for the first time, needs to understand it, and then apply it to their own world to make it interesting. So that was that. And off the back of it, me and Tim in between, in between the, the bites that we're hearing is he fully understands that he wouldn't go through all of those personas in a pitch. Mm. It depends on who he's speaking to. That was great to hear him just clarify that. He's not saying this is the pitch to everyone. I think the one, the one thing that's desperately missing from this is this bow tie on the end. As in, it ended. And you, if you heard the full tape, mm. I, I kind of like, I'm waiting for the next line and then I realize it's done. Mm. So I think it's really important as part of a narrative and you know as a storyteller uh, through video like you have to have this this yeah it, it should end with um and, th- and that is why you need to be on street pin exactly whereas at the moment it feels more like just a flow of oh here's some great reasons to be on street pin and yeah then it just ends imagine a leaflet with no website phone number or call to action it felt like that mm. uh, and we need to make sure that um it even through this pitch practice, that there's a call to action at the end of it. Uh, go to, or here's why, exactly what you just said. So that's the one thing that I think we need to revisit in round three. And to really, and that, that to be honest, that depends on who he's speaking to, which we cover off. So we wanted, we wrapped this whole thing up with, I want them to do a pitch for a user, uh, a, like a, a, a consumer user, as well as a business partner. So one, a baker, and two, the person that would download the app as a person that lives in a local community the real thing that i think came out from a feedback perspective is is two things so the first one is tim knows all tim knows about his product the problem is right now and it's the problem that i think lots of founders entrepreneurs whatever you want to call yourself make is you know all the features of your product okay and because you know them all and it's taken a lot of bloody hard work to make them all you want to tell them all. Yeah. And actually, there's a bit, Ari, if you can find, there's a bit of the tape where we talk about features related to the Expert Trades app and how I think Tim, even with a non-technical product, can go and find the features, air quote, that people perk up to. Let's have a quick listen to that. So for us with our app, we do like 20 different things in our mobile app, uh, but we actually know, and this comes from a features and usage perspective, is we know the two or three things that people really care about. 
and I know right now you don't have the, the data in the app to the data in your product to to know where people care. But from the original conversations and the prospecting that you do right now, you should hear when people perk up and when they they sort of sit up in the in the, when you're giving them a coffee and they simply go, oh, it does that. Yeah, the things that they respond to. Uh, I think we should really nail in a, in a punchy way as, as we go through the personas. So I think for everyone listening, it's really nice to be in a position where you've got a, like an app where you've got data and you can look at what people use, but you don't need that on day one. Even back to the basics when we started to talk about the Expert Trades app, our product, before we even built it, we held focus groups, went and spoke to tradespeople, and you just have to pay attention to how people think and talk and what they perk up to. So I think that just that little bit of advice is really uh, applicable to everyone that listens to the show because as you speak to customers it's not about you speaking to them it's more about how they react to what you're mm-hmm. saying is what people need to yeah. pay attention to so me and tim end up having a bit more of a conversation and i kind of just had to be honest at this point and be like he really f- he, he can tell he knows what he's talking about and he, he literally says the words that it doesn't feel like it's rolling off my tongue anymore and I can't commit all of this to memory. And then that was sort of a light bulb moment in our conversation. I was like, he's literally trying to memorize yeah. this thing right now, which is great. <laughs> if you've got like a two minute pitch and, you, and we're trying to now, fine, try and memorize, that's fine. The problem is, is he speaks to different types of customers and he's still in this uh, learning phase. It's not gonna be nailed down. So this should be more of a, a conversation. So what I wanted to do is actually spend a bit of time with him for the rest of the call to work out actually if he's speaking to someone in person, like how would he then speak about his business? Because I've got a feeling that if he if he's pitching the way that he is in this pitch practice in person, they're two very different things. And he, in, I was desperate to hear how he'd handle this in front of a real person, like a baker, someone that he'd, he'd basically say, cool, you're perfect for my business. Mm. Here's what it does. Um, yeah, let's just, there's a bit of a longer clip, but let's play that because I think there's some learnings here for everyone. Because I actually put Tim on the spot and say, we're in a pub, <laughs> pitch me your business. You know the stuff, uh, but you seem to be getting in your own way about communicating it. That's absolutely nail on the head. Um, when I try and do a, a short um, summary, I, I'm sort of thinking about, I need to say this, I need to say this. And then it actually comes together and it ends up as some mumbling waffle. Oh, oh yeah, it can do this. And oh yeah, it does this. It's, I've really struggled to get it down to that 30 to 60 second pitch. So let's just get rid of the bit of paper in front of you. Like, and this isn't, this isn't uh, the, the pressure point and get, get, and this is get out your own way. Me and you having a beer and I'm, I own a small business near you. Uh, why should I use street pen? Yeah. Tell me why. Well, why should you use? <laughs> you just put me on the spot. So yeah. The thing, right. Um, so, no, no, so, so I, the joy of this is I can see you've just done what Stephen May would pick up when you just folded your arms. And, I just uh, did, yeah. Yeah, you just, <laughs> so uh, like we, we're in the pub, we're having a pint. I own a small yeah. business. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why, hey, so uh, cool. You, you got this thing called street, but what is it that it does? Fantastic. So, um your, your business can um, collaborate with someone else on the high street. Um, it, it's a, a way of getting discovered. So if you go to Facebook or something like that, you need to actually be, people need to search for your name. But, but this is about where people are. It's about how you engage with, with people here and now. 
Um, and it, it's, it's opt-in. People sort of can search for your products. They can search for what you do. Um, and then you can sort of build, build this community. You turn your customers into community. Um, and they, they can follow you. And um, you can push out your adverts um, instantly. You literally point and click. Say you've got perishables at the end of the day, point, click, send it up to your um, pin board. And these are all aggregated into a town directory. Um, and so people all around that are here and now can actually start to engage with you and, um, and buy your products. So forget about disposals at three o'clock, start putting stuff on for your, your bread or your salmon or, or whatever it is. Um, if it rains, put an, put an offer on umbrellas. So we've heard Tim pitch and also try and tell you in a more relaxed manner um and again going into something that we plan on doing you're obviously a natural born salesman how what did you take away from his business and the key and what you what do you think are the key kind of components to really drill down into into a pitch and like sell it back to him so yeah um definitely a natural born salesperson but I think if you look at the way that I sold 10 years ago to how I sell today, very, very different. I'm just comfortable selling. I like that environment. I think the key thing through that exercise, going through that with Tim, was he even uses the words in, in between our conversations like regurgitating. Mm. Like you can just tell that he's got, he's committed so many of these things to memory that he's basically like, like in his head, he's like fishing for, oh, it does this, it does that. And the key, I end up flipping this round just because I wanted to show him the types of calls or types of meetings that I think he should be having at this point in time, which are pitches, but they're less of how me and you are sat right now, opposite end of the table, like opposite each other. He needs to think of himself more like a partner. So go and sit around. This is actually a really good, I I didn't think of this, but this is actually applicable for Tim, is when he's speaking to someone and he's in the pub, he should never be sat opposite them. He should be sitting on the same side of the table, opening up the app and having a side-by-side conversation because that's yeah. that's not pitchy. And that will probably help him. It's not this because he got very, he folded his arms on the video call. You could tell he got very defensive. It's um, quite intense when you're staring at someone. <laughs> exactly. And that's why down to the fact that my management style, when I go for one-to-one with people, I walk next to them because we just have a better conversation because we're in this boat together sort of thing. So... The reason I flipped it around on Tim is I don't want him fishing for information Mm. from his head. I want him fishing for information from the person he's with. So he needs to ask questions and not just jam information down someone's throat. So let's play my side of it and you can just hear and this is it's not perfect there's I don't know there's probably 45 minutes worth of knowledge on on zoom calls for me to understand his business but it's more for the listeners to the show to hear how what I'd class as a discovery call can uh, sorry a pitch can masquerade as a discovery call because the types of businesses and the stage that he's at this is the sort of conversation he should be having I'm you Okay, let's see how this goes. Uh, so, Tim, uh, great to meet you. You own, you, own a, you own a small business. So, just remind me, what does the business do? What's your small business in this town do, Tim? Bakery. Your bakery. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. So, so you, you probably know, like many of our customers right now, is trying to get new business through the door is really difficult because you probably see lots of people walk past your front door every day that, walk past the same door every day, but don't really come in or know what you do. Like, 
I, I get, do you experience that? Do you see people walk through the door and you think, I see you every day, you're local to me, you're in the community, but you've never stepped foot in my shop. Is that something that you experience? Yeah, I've, I've tried a chalkboard outside and a few leaflets, but uh, it's not really making a difference. Well, I completely understand because I think yesterday's chalkboards are super important. They were to get your message out. But if you're like me, you're looking at the high street and everyone's just got their face in their phone these days. Uh, they're all looking down. They don't really know where they're going. So I run a business called Street Pin. So what Street Pin does is really simply is the stuff that you used to put on the chalkboard we now put in front of the local community in their phone. And the best thing is, is we're trying to build a local community for small business owners just like you. So I guess you know some of the other business owners on this street, Tim. Yes. Cool. So for me, I've been in business for a while. And when you, when you know people, you all like to help each other. So what Street Pin does is it allows local business owners to work together, share customers, and it's a win-win for everyone. You get more customers and the people walking down the high street get to learn about what you do and access special deals. Now, we're a really new business and I'd love to use this as a, as a case study to how we work with local businesses. Right now, I'm not asking for any money, but could you give me three introductions to people on this high street that you think this would be a good fit for? I would love to get you together, buy some coffee, and then show you how we can get you all some new customers. How does that sound? Sounds awesome. So there you have, that's, that's sort of round two from one humble man's opinion in terms of how to help Tim Buick with Streetpin better present his business. The way we ended the call um, was he, he, we need to split this thing up now. We really need to define who we're speaking to so then he can go and work out his casual conversations and his larger pitch and elevator stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's going to work on if he has 60 to 90 seconds to speak to a business owner or 60 to 90 seconds to speak to a consumer. And we actually said... Tim, next time you're in Costa and you're in a queue, just turn around and talk to someone. And they're going to think you're weird. It's going to happen. We're so British. But, but get, out of, get out of the building, get out of your office and go and speak to people. Because no business owner listening to this podcast right now is going to build something meaningful without speaking to people. Like That's the thing that you just need to get over. Um, go and speak to people, practice it, get punched in the face, watch people, they look at you and go, what, what are you talking about, you weirdo? <laughs> uh, go away. Like, or someone's going to go, yeah, it sounds interesting. And, mm. then you're gonna, and then they're going to glaze over uh, because you've just reeled off 19 features. And it's like, oh, I don't really know what it means, but hey, nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs> like, go through those conversations with as mm. many people as possible. I'm not, I'm not talking about friends. I'm not talking about family. I'm talking about complete unknowns, yeah. strangers. Uh, and then just watch. That's how you craft this pitch. Uh, and on the subject of speaking to people, if you want to pitch to Adam or if you want to improve your pitch, if you want to be on Smack My Pitch Up, you can email startupdiary at nbs.fm uh, and we can get you on the show. We've already got someone else lined up, so they'll be on very soon. But for now, Adam, it's time to uh, take a quick break and then we'll be back with listener questions. Alrighty then, let's get on with last week, this week. Adam, what happened last week? Uh, good question. Everything seems like a blur. Um, so I guess a load of stuff happened last week, but I guess in terms of stuff that's potentially interesting to people listening is I've got a client meeting today yep. uh, and a first pitch for a new brand. And they wanted me to come in and present today. And 
this sounds so basic because we've just covered off a fucking sales question. I'm, I'm sorry, like, did you just say basic? This sounds basic. Like, you basic. <laughs> this sounds basic <laughs> because we've just gone into sales training and I, I class myself as a good sales professional. Um, I had to basically refuse the meeting until we could get on a call ahead of time because out of respect of their time as well as mine, I was going into it very cold in terms of mm. what they do, what they're into, where their challenges are right now and why they want to learn more about our business. So we, he said, no, no, let's do today's meeting. And then if it's interesting, let's schedule. And that for me is a realization of an, an extending sales cycle. Doesn't need to be that long. Let's try and compress it down. Mm-hmm. You want a shorter sales cycle to get money in the bank faster. So I was like, listen, the stuff that we need to cover off is only going to take 20 minutes, 30 minutes in a call. But that 30 minutes might save us a two-hour meeting if mm-hmm. it's not a good fit. Or most importantly, it'll help us get more out of that two-hour meeting. And I really respect your time, Mr. Klein. So until we book that in, let's not meet because I don't want to waste your time. They came back and jumped on a call within three three days. So that was great for me. Bit of a learning curve of forcing someone into the sales funnel that I know works and, and operates well for us in terms of I now can go into that meeting and present what I need to do. So that was that was a, just an interesting tidbit in terms of if you're listening to this and you have you have a sales process that you know works, don't deviate from it and be prepared to push back. Basically, understand your own value and mm-hmm. protect your own time is one thing that I'm I'm getting better at. Um, and then we did something on Thursday. We did. That was very fun. Do you want to explain we what we did? We went clay pigeon shooting. Was it your... Strictly work. Your first time? No. No, 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 no. You did Gosh, it. no. You did it. I've not done it for a while, yeah. apart from the one that we did a couple of months ago. But yep. before that... <laughs> that's gonna sound very posh, but I used to do it as an after-school activity on a on a on a Tuesday. I think. Fuck it out, just sound posh. Could I be more privileged? <laughs> no, but yeah, cool. so I've, I've I've fired a few shotguns in my time. No, that's cool. I think the the, the reason that it's in the notes today, in terms of what uh, what we did last week, is it's a friend of ours that's starting it. Mm-hmm. It's a new. Uh, Construction Industry Clay Shooting Society is the name of it uh, because people, uh, everyone does golf in our industry and he wants to do shooting, which is cool. Uh, and I guess the thing is for me, it's just the value of meeting new people mm. and hit, and trying to put yourself in a position where you basically get to spend four or five hours walking around with a group of five to six people. Uh, and you don't get that time with professionals that may be an interesting customer or just a relationship anywhere so for me it's it sounds fancy and it is because it's clay pigeon mm. shooting blah blah blah. but i need to do more i need to spend more of my time going to events like this so um yeah yeah networking is overlooked it, for me is, it over overlooked for yourself but is is something that i think is um i think people are kind of afraid of doing it because they think oh because some again myself included to be fair but going to going to a thing where there's lots of people and the purpose is to talk and mingle yeah it's the same with what when we went through the questions um someone that's afraid of selling might not necessarily be the selling itself but it's the idea of speaking to someone that you don't know and therefore have to like introduce yourself to this random and then make small talk whether it's a sales pitch or just a conversation i think it's I think it's that interaction that that puts a lot of people off. Like I speaking from only speaking for myself, but I know what that feels like. It's like that random person over there go and introduce yourself to them and explain, just chat. Like it's just a weird thing for some people. But I think the thing is like between because <clears throat> you you had the camera out today and you, you wanted to record some of the questions and the answers. 
you said a phrase that came up in our group at the weekend we had our, with our startup with our meetup and they're like we don't care about perfection we want mm-hmm. the content and I think with networking everyone does the same like I used to go to I used to go to meetings with my sleeves rolled down because I have a tattoo I have a, a full sleeve you try and put on perfection so when you're speaking to someone you're in your own head and I guess I may as well plug it one of the best benefits out of doing the startup stories podcast is I've started to practice what mm. is it's a term for it called active listening, which is stop trying to work out the next question yeah. to ask uh, and just listen. Uh, and don't be afraid to pause and think and ask. Like, I don't really understand what you mean by that. Uh, like, uh, oh, you do what? Sorry, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, what does that mean? Mm. Cool. And like, actually have a meaningful conversation compared to trying to put on this perfection. Yeah, people people get in their own head thinking I need to I need to have a a very smart response to what's coming out of this guy's mouth. Oh, by the way, I've not been listening because I've been thinking about what I need to say. Exactly, that's like nail on the head there. Mm. Because when I started doing the interviews for the startup stories, I started to think about what my next question was mm. compared to listening to what they're talking about. Yeah. And you, it, as people listen to that, they'll probably notice my progression over time, and it's a learning curve for me. Um, and to be honest, it's slightly uncomfortable for me at occasions because I'm speaking to someone about a topic I don't know anything about. But that's what that's what conversations are there for. Mm. It's, I don't know, teach me. And I guess going into networking or meetings or proposals or ming- whatever it is, I guess your phrase about not perfection, just content, is that's a, like the a thing that stuck with me. It's like, actually, mm. just go and be you uh, because people either resonate with you or they're not a bloody good fit to work with you anyway. Uh, there's no downside so mm. yeah that was it and I, and I feel like there's some sometimes for you to for someone to admit that they don't know something or that or like when someone says oh I do this or whatever your instant reaction is to just agree it's like I know exactly what you're talking about but to show and it's not I don't think it is vulnerability but to show that to show like in your own mind this weakness that you don't have a clue what someone's talking about that in itself is normally a good conversation starter because it's like you just said something. I don't really have a smart response. Actually, can you just can you just fucking explain what you're talking about? Hundred percent. And they'll they'll just go because they're talking about something that they, that they know about and they're passionate about. The amount of times that I am in a client meeting with someone that's paying us a lot of money and they say like an acronym, and I'm like, what? Like, sorry, like, and I, like pen and paper. Like, what does that? You've just said like DPS or DPG, and I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, this. I'm like, cool because it gives them confidence mm. that every other time they're talking, I know what they're saying yeah. and talking about. If I am prepared to stop them and say, don't understand, can you explain? Then they are confident that everything else I don't stop them for, I understood. And it just results mm. in more meaningful conversations. Um, so there's that. And then I guess moving on to point three on last week uh, is DHL, new contract for us. Um, well, we've had a DHL contract for a while. Uh, we've just secured the next step up of that contract. And it was meant to start on a Monday uh, yesterday at the point of recording this. Uh, and the guy called up and was like, can I put a couple of jobs through ahead of time? I'm like, the tech isn't built. We haven't automated yet, but put a couple through. Long story short, went fucking bananas, destroyed my weekend. Um, it was more it, than a couple. Yeah, uh, it was it was tens. Uh and apologies for everyone that came to the start of our meetup because I was distracted for like the first two hours of that day. Um, a huge, huge apology from my side. But um, I guess the key thing, the learning of this for me is we refused to tender for this contract uh, for six weeks because uh, we the minimum commitment wasn't there. And that for me was, the, it's, a, it's a really big deal for us and our community. Um, but... When you know the value you drive for someone, sometimes you've just got to let them fucking sink for a while. Like, we just turn the tap off, we give them four weeks' notice. Guys, 
we need a commitment. Mm. They didn't want to do a commitment. They just said ad hoc. We didn't want to do it. Um, and they started to sink and it's going to happen. And then they come back and then you, you're you on the same playing field. So um, I guess my learning was push back because otherwise you'll end up in a long-term relationship that you don't like with a, like, with a partner or a client. Uh, and it comes down to setting expectations from day one. I'm really happy with that deal right now. Um, it's something that we're happy to support. It drives value for the community, but it only got to that point because we were prepared to have a tough conversation. Um, that's last week. Anything from you from, from last week? Um, gosh. No, I, I, the clay pigeon was the highlight for me. Um, yeah, just been just been working on other stuff, really. Obviously, by the time people are listening to this, it's a bit dated now, but we've been doing a bit of work for NBS, Startup Diary, Stories, Dad Knows Best, which as of time of hearing this, Dad Knows Best will have been live for like two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you've not subscribed to that, guys, and you want to <laughs> you wanna hear us talk <laughs> absolute nonsense uh, in, a, in a good way about being being a parent, yeah, subscribe. Get over there. That's a, that's a good laugh. And I guess we can sort of whistle through what's coming up this week because we tend to talk about this week's stuff in more detail next week mm-hmm. uh, with a bit more reflection um, the coaching session I was going to have uh, the business coach I'm finally having it this week it was meant to be a week back as you guys can tell them I'm a bit a bit nasally got a bit of cold coming out the back end of it now finally uh, so I've got that session this week and I'll report back um, and then personally for me going to uh, Legoland at the weekend for the boys third birthday nice because uh, I did not have a weekend last weekend at all because of uh, DHL <laughs> what is that to do at Legoland I have no clue like genuinely never been is, is it just like a theme park out of Lego I don't know if there's I think there's a there's a dragon ride I'll google this but I don't know what it is but the kids are super <laughs> excited and most importantly it's just disconnecting and, and getting time with the fam um, and then for you yeah, this this week's a bit more um, all hands. Well, not all hands go or whatever. Uh, but yeah, exciting times. We've got a new new member of staff, Leon. Yep. just joined us yesterday as of recording. Um, graphic designer, motion graphics, uh, really exciting stuff. Kind of a, a skill set that I'm weaker on, and probably don't really have time to really. I I do try and improve my skill set in that area but for me to get to where Leon is is yeah I ain't got time for that yep. he's done so, four years at uni learning that yeah so he he's a great asset to the team that's jumped on board uh, we're also in the process of hiring another videographer as well so we're like we're, we're really working on building out the creative team at Expert Trades at the moment so so yeah that's that's the whole thing and oh yeah speaking of hiring actually um, we actually had Lee Wilcox from On The Tools on our startup stories not too long ago and we were talking about the hiring process that was really interesting like that like what was the process did what was the process that they did for on the tools to bring them in yeah it was super interesting i think that the actual hiring part of the conversation was off the mics um but uh he went through a stage where he basically was hiring a couple of videographers at one point in time and he brought he brought loads in for mm. a day and then they had to do a creative thing as part of a team. He had, like, I don't know the numbers, but it sounded like probably 10, 12 potential videographers have mm, a team, that was it. team up, do a creative project. It was like a, was it like a fake pitch exactly, social yeah. ad? Something exactly. Like the that. stuff that they do day to day was like, do this. They made it, they gave them a fake tool and said, make this interesting mm-hmm. in a team. And then they ended up having to do a two minute video uh, or presentation mm-hmm. about them or anything they wanted to do. Um, and I thought just that whole thing was super interesting. And like you said now, no showreel, no look. We don't even entertain someone without showreel. Um, so we just need to get that 
hiring process nailed mm. down for the creative side because yeah. I feel like f- from the sales, like we've got a BDM starting next week, Leon's just started this week. We've got some traction and some velocity now in terms of hiring, but that doesn't mean you fill the seats with shit people. Mm. Like, uh, But it's such an important role for you right now because you're up to your neck in it. So. Yeah, and, it, and if... Um if anyone is listening to this that is trying to get a job somewhere, um, just a little tip, and maybe it's just because I'm now on the other side of it that I see this, but like the importance of a cover letter that's actually specific to the company that you're applying to, and if it is a visual or a, if it's a visual role or a role that has a specific skill, send over the thing that really shows that skill off. Like I actually don't really care about the CV. Mm-hmm. It if. If I, I I need to know if you're good with a camera and and you know what I mean if you know how to point the damn thing, sending me a CV of what where you work and what your skills are is irrelevant. I need to see it. So yeah, great bit of advice, and I'm really looking forward to getting that that new person in the team because mm-hmm. that's the part of the business that I think we're probably at capacity for right now, to be honest. Because that's how, that's why we hired Leon as well because his that that like about me. Oh, he nailed it. Video yeah, yeah. He nailed was it. just literally summed up his skills his storytelling and everything like that he was just able to set like he should have sent that and not a CV yeah he did He did one out of two things though he didn't send that straight across mm. I asked him for it but he sent a personalised cover letter yeah. which just shows like if he'd done one and then two like again straight in the mm-hmm. door the, yeah. the rest of the list gets deleted um, and then we're moving on to what we're into this week H yeah yeah uh, mine's boring um, clay pigeon shooting man I really enjoy it generally like as a as a hobby really enjoy it so i'm in the process of waiting for my license to come through nice uh, and then um just want, for me like one person with a license in the uk can take like five people four or five people that don't have a license shooting we have a shooting ground just down the road it's gonna be super interesting for team or just clients hmm. yeah. or members quick one on that hat so you know when we did the uh when we did the shoot the other week yeah how did we all get to shoot because we're with john so John's the license. So holder. you could have gone there and someone that works there could have gone out with you. Is that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You can go with someone okay. who has a license. Okay. So example, like when my license comes through, I could take five of the team out for a shoot mm. because they're under my license That's at that cool. point. Um, how about you, mate? What are you into? Uh, I'm into all sorts. At the moment, uh, as you'll start seeing, um, and again, this all came from the meetup as well. Uh, we, As you may or may not know, we've been, I've been umming and ahhing about YouTube thought about different things but then I've been procrastinating and thinking oh what about this what about that basically YouTube as a platform and the benefits of it and how we can use it for the startup diary and MBS uh, is something I'm looking into at the moment so you might start seeing a few different things um, whether it's the full show just as an audio but on YouTube even at, even into breakouts of like the questions and things like that and then we've got an Adam Pitches series coming soon as well which we need to get up which is exciting um so yeah just trying to understand that platform really and if anyone that's listening has any kind of requests of what they'd like to see email us startup diary at nbsfm uh, or i'd love to hear if someone listening is an expert on the platform and is willing to give harry half an hour an hour on the mics or just to talk through it um cool reach out if you know youtube and how to how to get the most out of the platform, mm. reach out to H. Um, it's, it's something that uh, I'm really excited by, but I'm not getting involved in, which makes me even more excited because I get to just sit back and watch the results. Yeah, it's, it's just something we need to be more involved in. And again, this this doubles back as a skill set for the company as well. So obviously we're doing this now for Startup Diary, um, but we deal with YouTube on a regular basis for expert trades. So it's just a way of 
keeping that. You like to say flywheel, I guess this feeds that and it's just, yeah. 100%. It's exciting. H, I think we're there. Anything else you want to add, bud? No, I think I'm good to go today, mate. It's been a been a long one. I think I think from well, my it's, side, it's not been as long, but you know, more, I've more. got a list of edit notes <laughs> longer than my arm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still not over this cough, guys. So if anything seems occasionally choppy, uh, I know I know Harry does his best, but I make it really difficult for him. Um, but guys, thank you for listening. If this is the first time you've been here on this show, don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you're interested in hearing me talk to other entrepreneurs head over to your podcast player of choice and search for startup stories that's where i interview interesting people in the world of business and if you're a dad or a dad to be or even thinking about having a kid (laughs) head over to dad knows best that's where me and harry shoot the shit about parenthood i just hope to god my wife never listens to that show speak to you soon guys do really enjoy having segments for the show H. So this is where we go into some listener questions, guys. And if you have any questions that you want answering on the show, simply fire it into that email, which is startupdiary at nbs.fm. Harry, the first one's for you. So just saw nbs.fm website. And for anyone listening, that is actually a website address. That's nbs.fm. <laughs> Dot biz. <laughs> Dot guru. Um, that was the one I wanted. Harry said no. Um, just saw the nbs.fm website. Why a podcast network, guys? Question mark. Do you really have the time? From Jonathan. I want to fire this over to you, mate. Very good point. Do we have the time? Questionable. Um, the reason we did a network was... So obviously we started with the Startup Diary um, and that means that we talk about building a business, entrepreneurship, and we love to talk. Uh, and we've tried a few different things before. Uh, we tried like, we tried doing like a chat cast, but wasn't really there. Uh, but basically we wanted to do, we wanted to talk about different things. Um, but when you've got a brand as in the Startup Diary to then start talking about what it's going to be like to be a dad and things like that that doesn't really fall under the the startup diary <laughs> the startup diary brand so what we did is we 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 kind of took a step back and said asked ourselves what is the startup diary and it's just sort of there's what is, what's the phrase no sunshine no rainbows and things like that it's sort of, it's what it's truly like to build a business and we looked at that and thought well it's we're like we're trying not to bullshit people so why don't we create kind of a, like that's the mission statement of all these shows, like no bullshit, straight talking. And then we can put things underneath that brand of NBS, hence NBS FM, no bullshit network. So that means that now we can do things like dad knows best. So that's where <laughs> two fathers are on the mics talking about what it's like to be, what it's, what it's really like being a dad, like the highs and the lows. At the moment, obviously there's only one dad on the mics, there's one dad to be. Uh, but it's great for me because it gets to, I get to just record my journey 
building up to and then following on from actually having the kid you're speaking from a position of experience debatable <laughs> questionable experience uh so yeah it was just a way of us talking more because we want to talk yeah right? we, we talk all the time and then when like because we because we've become more organized with recording the shows i feel like we don't speak enough <laughs> so we now like we do we do startup diary we do dad knows best we do startup stories and then potentially more shows in the future so it's just a way of it's a way of us hitting different audiences but if they if you want to look at other things that we do anything that's under the MBS branding, you know that you get in the same sort of conversation. So the subject matter is different. So it's either business speak or, or parenting, but the principle's the same. We're trying to just be honest, open, and just no bullshit, basically. So that's why we're doing a network. Have we got the time? We're working on that. Like we, like we literally now, like people behind the curtain, we spend every, like from sort of seven till nine recording then we do our normal work day and then five till whenever we're done in the evening. So Tuesday is just a write-off for us for shows after, before and after work. So that's another conversation for like organization and prioritization. But yeah, we're working on the time. But yeah, network is just to hit multiple audiences under the same brand. So we have another question from, uh, this one is from Patrick actually, more suited for you, Adam. Um, he says... Just been listening to the sales shows. My question is how do you help someone who is scared of selling and get over that fear? So a really good question, to be honest. And it kind of comes up more more regularly than people think. People just got this odd fear about selling. And I think the thing to get over, and this, this, there's no secret bullet here, but I think the key thing is if you can't sell your product, especially when you're a solo founder and you're, you're trying to build a business, you're never going to be in business. So I think the hard truth about it is, is if you can't pluck up the courage to go and have a conversation with someone, you just need to face facts and do one or two things. One, understand that you need to go and get a job and you're not going to be in business. Or secondly, go mm. find someone to help you sell. If I'm with someone in person, I think the, the thing that I want to try and drive into them is what's the worst that can happen. Like you're trying to create something. You're trying to invent something that's probably never been done before and you need feedback and you need customers. And to get either of those two things, you need to speak to someone. The key, the thing that I always get confused by, but that's because I'm a salesperson and this is no dig to anyone. I used to make 150 phone calls a day doing outbound sales calls and 149 of them would give me a no. Mm. I got trained into this mentality of go for the no because a no is one step closer to a yes. And that is salesman motivational bullshit. And I know that, but it works. That's proper like... Pounding on the chest, yeah. hoorah. Wow. <laughs> like it's that, but that's what it is. And there's a reason that sales teams do that and have that mm. energy. And like they just, a traditional salesperson will break down walls to get, a, to get a sale, to close a deal. Once you've gone through the process of speaking to people and you realize the worst thing that they can say is no, mm. or it's a stupid idea. Okay, next. Like that is literally the worst thing that can happen. Flip it over to the other side. What's the worst that can happen if you don't take some action and try and sell your product? You end up in a nine to five job that you hate with regret for the next 60 years of your life. Like if I look at the upside and the downside of both of those, I would stop the podcast right now and work out a hundred potential customers for what you're trying to sell and pick up the phone and start selling to people. 
because the the physical worst thing that can happen is someone says no. And a no is not always a bad thing. It's no, not right now. And then as a salesperson, you should learn, interesting, go deeper. Mm. Why not now? This is a real fucking factual example, okay? I'm trying to sell someone on a Tool Talk weekly winners giveaway, okay? It's a sponsor uh, thing at Expert Trades and it costs you X amount of pounds. I got a no within like five minutes after I sent it this brand. I literally sent them back and said, super appreciate the fast reply. This is a new product for us. What was it in the presentation that wasn't a fit? Mm. And he came back and said, well, the budget side of it, we, we don't have that much money for the experimental marketing was his terms. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> these were hard numbers. I was like, well, that's the interesting thing. I was like, okay, so firstly, when people look at social media in our space, it's like experimental. Yeah. So I basically said, have you seen the guarantee? He was like, yes, but like we get guarantees a lot. I went, no, no, no. Do you get actual guarantees of like, if we don't perform, mm-hmm. you don't pay? And that's not directly what was in the deck. It's if you don't perform, we'll continue to do it for free until you get the numbers. And I said, fine, I'll give you a guarantee. Pay us after the fact, because I know we can achieve and we've closed the deal. The key thing is for that is a no led into a, not a perfect deal, but mm. a, a sale. When you hear a no as a salesperson, it's not always a no. Your job is to hear a no and find out why. And it might be valid, it might not, and that's a muscle that you'll develop over time, but you need to go further. And you need to pick up the courage to basically go into a room of 100 mm. people and have 99 of them say no to you because you, you'll learn or you'll find one customer. Mm. That's what prospecting is. And so I imagine some of the no's help you refine what people might be um, cautious about. Like you might not just be sharing some information that they need to know about. Like, is it a long-term commitment or is it a short-term one? If, if it's a short-term thing, but they're thinking they're signing up for 12 months, you need to obviously just add that into your pitch. It's like, this is a non-commitment, whatever. Yep. So that's the thing. It's, it's a feedback loop. And yeah. again, like what's the worst that can happen? Like if you're listening to this right now and you're trying to build a business, you have to be able to speak to customers. If you truly want to do your own thing, you've got to get outside your comfort zone every Mm. single day, not just when it comes to selling. You're going to be pressed outside your comfort zone every single stage of your business as you grow. I'm having to deal with HR issues right now. I fucking hate (laughs) HR issues. I'm having to deal with them, okay? It's part of the progression Mm. of growing a business. You need to get comfortable living outside your comfort zone. That's my answer. Cool. Patrick, hopefully that answers your question. Uh, let us know if your friend um, gets better at... Uh, let, let us know if he overcomes his fear of selling. Um. Yes, yeah, so he had the uh, asking for a friend thing at the, at the top of this. Um, cool. We've got a few more questions, H, but I think probably for the length of the show now, should we go into the last week, this week, and what we're into? Right after this break. <laughs> 